Hey, good morning, Solid Rock Church. Uh, it is a real pleasure to be with you today. I count a real honor that uh, Pastor David asked me to come and share with you today. And just first off, we want to we wanna tell you how much we love and appreciate you guys. We're praying for you. Uh, this is a very difficult time, and uh, we understand that, and um, we're here for you. Um, I can't imagine. And uh, as I share today, I just really believe the Holy Spirit will even bring some comfort to you. So to the team there, thank you, not only Pastor David for, for asking me, but also Pastor Daniel and Brenda and Pastor Nelson, Louise and uh, Sean and Ariana. We just, uh, we love your church. We love that we get to love the city of Abbotsford with you. We love that we're we're partners in the kingdom of God, and we get to do this together. We're for you. Uh, we're on your side. You're on, we're in. We're in on your team. We're in your end right now as you grieve, and as you experience loss. And and this is a, a different time now. And uh, we just want to reassure you through our words today, and just even our presence here, just to say, God be with you. God strengthen you. God envelop you with His comfort and His care. Pastor David, uh, love Pastor David. Uh, we just got together and had a, had a, a wonderful coffee together. And I just love his heart. Uh, and his heart is for you to walk in power. And so he assigned uh, to us that are sharing on these Sundays to talk about power, God's power, and whatever that meant to us. And I prayed about it. And I could preach a lot of things about power. And I even have my favorite sermons on power. But I'm like, God, what do you want to say today to Solid Rock Church. And what he dropped in my heart uh, was the scripture where God says that my power is made perfect in weakness. And I'm like, really, Lord, is that, is, you know, the story of, of Paul and the thorn in his flesh and, and all that? And he said, yes, yes, it is, because he's saying my grace is sufficient for you. And I want to say that to you today, that his grace is sufficient for you. Father, today, for everyone that has joined us, everyone listening that will hear this, we believe and we ask God and we have an expectation of faith in you that you will impart hope and courage, Lord, in this journey and strength and comfort to everyone, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to read the word of God to you. And uh, again, I'm just calling this the portal to God's power because we hear Paul describing this, this this man of God, apostle, chosen of the Lord, who has some experiences, and you know his story, but I'm going to pick this up in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 10, and I'm reading from the NIV, uh, no, not the New Improved Version, but I like many versions, but that's the one I'm going to read it from today. But Paul says this, and, and it, it's quite a story he tells, and, and he starts out talking about the revelations the Lord gave him. And he talks in the third person about, I know this man who was caught up into the third heaven. He was talking about himself. But as you know that, watch the language about how he talks about it, because it's relative to the story I want to share with you, or the scripture I want to share with you. Paul says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I'll go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who for 14 years ago was brought, caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know. But God knows. He was caught up to paradise and he heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted 
to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I'll not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain, I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassing, surpassingly great revelations, you can imagine. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, look what he's saying. Therefore, in order to keep me, Paul, from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. He says, and Paul ends, ends this little discourse with this statement, for when I, Paul, am weak, and I wonder if we can say this, when I, Mitch, am weak, when, when you say, when I am weak, then, Lord, I am strong, you're strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For you see, our weakness literally is the portal to God's power. And these words that the Lord answered Paul with was a direct answer to the prayer. He, he prayed three times that the Lord would remove from him this thorn in his flesh. And, and he requested of the Lord and he pleaded with God. And I want you to see the answer. The answer directly from the throne room of heaven comes the answer. Verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He's saying that to you today. He's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My power, God's saying, my power in heaven for you is made perfect in your weakness, in your weakness. So my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. It becomes the access point where we get to see the true, authentic, almighty, amazing, timely, perfect power of God in our lives. So, you know, when we, we talk about a thorn in the flesh or we say a thorn, we're, we usually think like a mild irritant, you know, like I got a sliver, you know, I was woodworking, I got a sliver, you know, um, I, 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 I fell on a prickle bush, I have a little prickle. No, the, Paul wasn't talking about a mild irritant here, okay? Actually, in the original language, it says that when he talks about uh, this this thorn, it's it's this Greek word that means stake. It's it's the same word as a tent stake. So we're not talking a small thing. We're so, talking about something driven in that was very aggravating for him. And it was very annoying, and it was a reoccurring pain that that wasn't going away. And so many of us can relate to different things that have happened in our lives that have caused pain that have been. They just kind of haven't left. They've been there. And if you never have, I'm, I'm, I would imagine, I don't want to prophesy that over you, but I imagine you will experience things like that. Paul called this thorn in his flesh a minister of Satan. Funny wording, right? A minister of Satan buffeting him. It was buffeting him. It was, it was, uh, it was against him. And, and so there's, you know, theologians say a lot of different things about what, what this might be. And some people speculate, well, you know, it was his, his near blindness after his he was able to see after Damascus, but it wasn't perfect. And maybe 
whatnot. And he talks about writing in big letters and so on. And maybe the embarrassment of being, you know, the kindergarten kid showing up with, you know, huge font capitals. It's like, well, here's the letters. I know it took a few extra pages of papyrus here, but no, 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 no. Actually, you know, uh, as you go in a little bit deeper, and, and we don't know absolutely, but but some theologians believe and they speculate, they say they're pretty sure that it was this ongoing effect of false teachers in the area and influencing the church. So Paul goes and he lays foundation and it's powerful and whatnot. And then all of a sudden everything gets turned upside down because false teachers start saying something different. And this was constantly happening. And I'm sure Paul, it was a frustration to him that was agonizing because he, you know, he's like, he's like, he's, he's, he's willing to die for Christ. And, and it's like, okay, I get this, okay, I'm going to the next town, and now I get news, finally, because they didn't have email, they didn't have cell phones, that, you know, you know, and he's writing to the Galatians, what's bewitched you? Like, ah, how did you get up here, get here? And so there was all this influence and things that was, that was happening. I had a, um, talk about reoccurring pain. I had a really um, uh, odd thing happen the other night. I was stung by a hornet. You say, yeah, and it's the middle of the winter. Well, we burn a lot of firewood. And I went out in the dark and I went out to the wood box and I grabbed a piece of firewood and I grabbed the piece of firewood and I picked it up and immediately I dropped it and I went, ah, and it felt like a needle that was stabbing, literally, literally, sorry to be so graphic, but right through my finger. And I'm like, what in the world? And it, it dawned on me that it must be a Maybe there was a hornet in, on the piece of wood and it stung me. Well, sure enough, it's what it was. And I mean, my, my hand was throbbing. Was, but guess what? It was just this little pinky right here. It looks kind of normal. It's a little swollen still. That was, that was like four days ago. And I'm still dealing with the after effects of that sting from what? A dormant bee. He seems so weak in his dormant state. He seems so incapable of... Uh, of causing such pain. I mean, uh, uh, he wasn't even mad at me. He probably didn't realize what he did. But you see, God designed him to have a power uh, in a venom that actually works even when he's dormant. And I want to use that story as a bit of a launching pad to say, hey, listen, you have a lot of dormant power that's within you because you see Jesus lives within you. It isn't really dormant, but it's activated when we recognize and walk in the grace that God has given us. He says, my grace is sufficient. It's all sufficient. It's fully capable to provide for you everything that you need and to empower you when you feel your weakest, you want to crawl in a hole and you want to run away and you want to you want to just get away from everything because it hurts too much or get angry or get even, all those different things. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Let's take that, that raw emotion of pain and let me show you the, my grace in that because my, my grace is going to give you a power to fight through, to walk through this with something that I'm going to give to you to not only overcome but make a difference all around you. Yeah, it's possible. One of the, one of the things we see Paul's first response to this, his first response was prayer. That's my, that's my advice to you. Make prayer your first response. Yes, he prayed three times concerning the pain that he was enduring. I think it's indicative to us that we keep praying about the pain that we're going through. But you see, finally got the answer. I don't know, you know, when we pray and ask God for something, we want an answer. He did get an answer. He prayed three times. It took a little bit. He was pleading with God. But when he got his answer, he didn't get what he was asking for. He didn't get, God didn't remove the thorn in his flesh. In fact, uh, he didn't get what he asked for. He was he was asking for it to be removed and for the pain to be relieved. 
he was wanting the Lord to take away the pain, and he was desiring this healing, but instead, what did God do? God gave him something better. God gave him his word of promise and said, my grace is sufficient for you. Okay, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is my strength is going to be made perfect in this current weakness that you're experiencing. You you're feeling, but but I'm going to change that. This is how I'm going to uh, perfect you and see my will be done in the earth. So God's grace is sufficient to take you and I through any and all trials that we can face on earth. And I know, I mean, our our weakness is very evident. I mean, as I look back in, in, in my life, some of the things that I've gone through, I remember, you know, a terrible situation here on a, on a, on a Sunday morning that was just devastating for those of us who had to deal with it. Um, and, and dare I say uh, what it was that, that someone took their life and uh, we had to deal with that here. And then I had to go and stand in front of people and say, hey, good morning, everybody. But in fact, I had to say, everybody, we have a police situation, an incident that we're trying to deal with today, and um, uh, we need to isolate a certain area. It's like, am I being fake here and false? No, God gave me a grace to say what they need needed. But I mean, I've had things where it's been very personal. I remember crying in my office to my pastor, Pastor David says, said, this just happened. The call just came. I, I'm supposed to preach today. I'm crying, and I'm saying to Pastor Dave, I'm like, I'm like, can you preach today? I, I, I can't. He goes, God will give you the grace. God will give you the grace. So, you know, that's my story in front of people and all this. But what about in our relationships? What about in our finances? And, and what about in the decisions that we're making and how people are treating us? And, and some really major things that happen, things that you guys are going through right now. You see, we must all experience sufficient grace. Grace takes us through the darkest Nice. Grace, grace will sustain us when everything else fails, and it should become one of our first leaning posts. More than a leaning post, more like the hands that we fall into, the grace of God, and not our own emotions that can not really help us but make it worse. And grace, grace, as someone said, they said, grace will turn our crosses into crowns. Some of the most painful things that crucify us actually become our crown. It's interesting, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, known as the Prince of Preachers, he, he felt he delivered his sermon so poorly one Sunday that he was ashamed of himself. You, if you can imagine, uh, I would never feel that way. <laughs> Anyways, as he walked away from his church, the Metropolitan Tabernacle London, he wondered how any, any good could come out of this message that he just preached. And when he arrived home, he dropped to his knees and he prayed, Lord God, you can do something with nothing. Bless this poor sermon that I just preached. Well, in the months that followed, as the story goes, 41 people said that they had decided to tr trust Christ as Savior because of that weak message. The following Sunday, of course, to make up for his previous failure, what Spurgeon did, he had prepared a, what he considered a great sermon. Guess what? No one responded. No one responded. Grace is that supernatural favor and ability uh, as, as a, 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 an injection from God right in the moment to make the difference from the anointing to God on our lives, the power of God that God wants to be evident in our lives in any and every situation. Go ahead, write down the situation. Every situation, there's grace because God is a God of grace and we live in that grace. You see, our weakness is the portal to the power 
of his grace. Paul realized that his thorn in the flesh was necessary to keep him humble. Uh, he had some amazing experiences with God and where he went and what he did and what he got to see. And he spoke in that third person as he introduced, I know a man, I know a man that saw these things. It can't be expressed. And so God, God knows mankind and he knows us and he knows what we need. And, and sometimes, even though we say, God, remove this, uh, he doesn't, but he gives us a promise and says, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, my grace is sufficient for my power. My power for you is made perfect in that weakness you're experiencing right now. It's, and, and whatever that present suffering is, uh, it's really, as Paul said, not worth being compared to the glory that is going to be revealed. And he actually, he actually tasted that glory because God brought him to that third heaven. He was able to see those things. So we see that Paul had a change of attitude concerning the thorn and and you and I can too. We can have a change of mind because, you know, just like when that when that hornet stung me the other night, I yelled. I'm like, ah, I shook my I was going crazy for a moment. Yeah, there's these these moments of reaction, but you don't live your life in reaction. You live your life in response to the work of the Holy Spirit that's within you. And so, you see, he no longer, what did he do? He is a change of attitude, your change of attitude, my change of attitude is we no longer look at the thorn as a curse, but we see it as a blessing because we believe the word of God. God works all things together for the good of those who love him, called according to his purpose, even COVID, right? Paul says he goes so far as to glory in it and to praise God for it. Now that's even another level up. That's like consider pure joy brothers when you face trials of all kinds, because you know that you're getting refined by the trial of faith. And if, if the gold doesn't go in the fire, then the gold is not going to be purified. God is at work within us. Paul stated, he said, most gladly I will glory in my infirmities that the power of God may rest on me. He came to understand what this is. And can you and I look beyond the weakness and the pain to the glorious fruit that God wants to bring out in our lives? Or can we see that pain forces you and I to actually stay close to God and cling on to God and not rely on our own ability, our own knowledge, and our own resources? You see, this is where you and I, you and I, as the good work of God, he's began a good work in you and he's going to see under completion. This is where we experience his strength. David, the psalmist said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now, but now I kept thy word. And even other versions say, before I was disciplined in the event or by the event, how it affected me, I went astray, but, but now I've kept thy word. And you see what happens is we become educated by thorns. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible school to have to go through, uh, but it's not often of our making. Let's hope it's not of our making, but there are things that happen. And that's kind of the Christian paradox that none of us really gets out of here without some kind of pain. And when we are weak in ourselves, then we're strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we see ourselves weak in ourselves, that's, that's a good thing because then we go out of ourselves to Christ and we're qualified to receive strength from him. Then we experience the supply, the supply that comes from grace, the divine strength and the grace to do it, to make it through, to not only make it through, to make a difference on the journey on the other side. You see, this is the secret of God's strength and power that is at work within you and I. And it's it's not outward impressiveness. This is the this is the submission part where 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 man's responsibility and God's sovereignty they come together 
in this glorious union to perform, perform his will. You realize you can't do nothing apart from dependence on the living Lord that is within you. And, and that, that all of a sudden, you know, the, the verse, you know, I can, do, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength becomes living. It becomes real. It becomes, I couldn't have done that without God's strength. And so you say it, but you know it right in here. So the weaker you are, the stronger Christ can be. Oswald Chambers, he said this. I love this quote. He says, God can achieve his purpose either through the absence of human power and resources or the abandonment of reliance on them. All through history, God has chosen and used nobodies because their unusual dependence on him made possible the unique display of his power and grace. That's <laughs> good. He chose and he used somebodies only when they renounced dependence on their natural abilities and resources. You and I need to renounce our, our, our dependence on ourselves, on our own. We have them. God's gifted us. But you see, faith doesn't make things easy. It makes things possible. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's step into faith and let's rely on him, not solely on ourselves. Let God use you. Let it be the grace through you. So, you know, as I wrap it up today, I just want to commit these things to your heart that, you know, you ask the question, well, how is God's power in us made perfect? Well, Weakness, number one, forces us to depend on God. Greater dependency opens us up to greater power. One of the things that you and I need to do, number two, is look back on what God has done because it does keep you humble. Uh, if you want to acknowledge it, these things do humble us uh, in many ways. And then thirdly, be thankful. You know, begin to thank God. As Paul said, glory in it. Worship him in the middle of it. You and I know something. God brings good out of evil. It, God brings good out of evil. He, he turns things upside down. It's his way. It's what he does. We get to partner in that. Number four is that relying on Christ's thorns, relying on Christ's thorns makes your thorns bearable. Think about it. He wore the crown of thorns. He died for us. He says, hey, if you want to follow me, be my disciple, take it, deny yourself, take it across, follow me. Come on, there's some thorns, but you see his thorns make our thorns bearable. Take that home with you today. You have no power where you have pride, Paul was saying here. He says, he says, no, I got no power. His grace is sufficient for you. It's for me. Just like, just like the hornet, just like the hornet's sting. How much dormant power resides waiting within you? you say, the bee is weak. He's asleep. You're not asleep. And you have so much power that God wants to work by his grace in you, which is plenty sufficient. He wants to show you my grace is sufficient. My power in you is going to be made perfect through your weakness. Yes, dormant sounds weak. That's not what I mean. But grace is the portal to power. And a light touch, just like that hornet, it's just a, a light touch. <laughs> of engagement in a moment and power was released into me that I've been suffering for four days. And you say, well, conversely, you know, a light touch of dependency on God in our weakness and experiencing his grace is sufficient for the portal of his power to be open in any and every situation that we go through. God be with you. God is for you. He's not against you. He's never going to leave you, and he's never going to forsake you. Father, today, bless your church. 
bless the heart of every person listening to this. Bless Solid Rock Church. Bless the knowledge of this. Bless the great grace that is theirs in Christ that is sufficient. But truly, Lord God, in their weakness, you make them strong. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for this time together. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share with you. God bless you guys. We're praying for you. Thank you.